I got a question for you. Got a question. What, what time of day was Adam created? Well, just a little before Eve. <laughs> Here's another question, another question. Does, does God love everyone? <laughs> uh, I didn't ask for your opinion. <laughs> no, I did ask the question. The question is, does God love everyone? And the answer is yes, but he prefers fruits of the Spirit to religious nuts. <laughs> How's that? Uh, here's another question. Why, why did God create man before woman? Because he didn't want any advice on how to do it. I'm concerned I'm going to need some gut bodyguards. Uh, after church, uh, my, my, wife, my wife did not appreciate that, so bodyguards, please defend me after church, you know. Oh, here, here's another question. What, what do they call pastors in Germany? The answer is German shepherds. <laughs> All right. Who was the first tennis player in the Bible? Answer, Joseph. He served in Pharaoh's court. <laughs> why, why did Noah have to punish and discipline the chickens on the ark? Because they were using foul language. <laughs> Just one more, one more. Did, did you <laughs> Did you know did you know that they had cars in Jesus' time? Yes. The Bible says that the disciples were all in one accord. <laughs> uh, all right, all right, all right. Let's turn in our Bibles to, to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. Verse 11, okay? Our theme today is... Becoming a man or woman of God. Becoming a man or woman of God. And, and this verse, many other verses as well, but we only have time to focus on chapter 6 of 1 Timothy. Uh, verse 11. Do we have it up on the screen? Okay. All right. Here it is. Chapter 6, verse 11 says... But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. And so at the beginning, at the beginning of verse 11, Timothy here is referred to as what? As a man of God. Now what you have to understand is that 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 is uh, one of the great Old Testament titles. It's a great 
Bible title to be called a man or a woman of God. For example, it is a title given to Moses, to Moses. Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 1 speaks of Moses, the man of God. And Samuel, Samuel is described as a man of God in 1 Samuel chapter 9 verse 6, all right? So question, what is a man or a woman of God to do? How are we to live? And in, in a wonderful summary, verse 11 tells us. Of course, the whole Bible tells us how we should be a man or woman of God. But I want you, I want you to notice, verse 11 says, pursue, pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. What does the word pursue mean? Well, it means run after, okay? It means run after, chase after, focus, give attention to. Put your heart into it. This is what the Lord is saying. Put your heart into these qualities. And the first one we want to focus on is pursue righteousness, as verse 11 says. What is, what is righteousness? Well, Dr. William Barclay, a wonderful scholar, says, the righteous person is the one who does his or her duty to God and to other people. The righteous person is one who does his or her duty to God and to other people. Then I was reading in, the, in our Beacon Bible commentary where Dr. Glenn Gould says, righteousness means to render to both God and men and women what is due. To render to God and to other people what is due to God, what is due to other people. Someone else says regarding righteousness that its chief meaning concerns ethical conduct, ethical conduct. It means, it means being equitable. It means being fair and just in dealing with people. And so we might ask, are you and I fair in dealing with other people? But perhaps the best, the best definition of righteousness and the easiest one to understand is this, which has been put on the screen. Leading a life that is pleasing to God, all right? When you think of righteousness, think of this, this little statement, leading a life that is pleasing to God. Let's you and I, let us be, young people, be a young person, child, be a child that leads a life that is pleasing to God. So that we're saying to ourselves, is, is what I am thinking, is what I am thinking, is what I am speaking, is what I am doing, is this pleasing to the Lord? In the Bible elsewhere, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, it says this. It says, so whether we are here in the body or away from the body, our goal is to please him, meaning the Lord. Our goal is to please the Lord. Elsewhere, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, our purpose, our purpose is to please God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, anyone who, 
who does what pleases God will live forever. And so, my friends, I say to you, to all of us today, let us be men and women who pursue righteousness. Let us say, let, let you, me, all of us, let, let's say, Lord, I want to pursue righteousness. I want to live my life in a way that is truly pleasing to you. Amen? Amen. And then, and then this verse 11 goes on and tells us to pursue a godly life, a godly life. Or some of your Bibles say godliness, okay? This, this term, godliness or a godly life, is closely connected to righteousness. It's tied together. When you and I pursue righteousness, when we say we want to live our lives so we please you, Lord, it leads, it leads to godliness. I like how Dr. Glenn Gould in his book says this. He says, godliness, oh, this is beautiful. Listen, listen, this is beautiful. Hey, hey, yeah, this is nice. Oh, yes, he says, godliness is a reverent awareness that all of life is lived in the presence and under the eye of God. Think about that. Godliness is a reverent awareness that all of life is lived in the presence and under the eye of God. So you see, wherever we are, whether it's in church, at home, in the stores, on a vacation somewhere, we are under the eye and in the presence of God. And so we need to say, Lord, you know all, you see all, and I want to live my life in a way that honors you, that pleases you, that brings honor and glory to you. Amen? Amen? Let it be so. Dr. Homer Kent, Jr., in his book says, godliness refers to the daily life of piety and reverence to God. Do you and I, do you and I show daily reverence for the Lord, for God? He wants us to. He wants us to. A part of pursuing righteousness and godliness requires us to run away, to run away, to do away with ungodly things, to do away and run away from evil things. In fact, in fact, the first part of verse 11 says, run from these evil things, all right? Look at it, the very first part of verse 11. But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from these evil things. So what, what things is he talking about? Well, they're spoken of in the previous chapters, chapter 4 and 5. But the most important thing is really, is there, is, there some, is there some evil thing in your life or mine? Is there some, something that's not right that's going on in your life that you need to run from, that you need to do away with, that you need to, you need to conquer, you need victory over, you need to put behind you? God, by His Spirit, has a way of helping us 
know what that wrong thing might be, what that evil thing might be. It may be that you're the only one who knows about it. Maybe your husband doesn't know, your wife doesn't know, your, your friends don't know, but the Lord knows and you know. And God says to us, run from it. Do away with it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Don't mess with it. Is there something you need to stop doing to please God, to honor God, to help yourself? Amen? Do away with whatever that might be. Verse, verse 11 goes on then and tells us to pursue faith. Faith, in the Greek it's pistis. Pursue faith. This is referring to faith in several ways, okay? To begin with, anyone making notes, it would be A. Have faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. This is a starting point. Jesus died on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for your sins and mine. And now you and I have the privilege of asking God to forgive us of our sins and, and, and we have the privilege of trusting in Jesus as our Savior, as our Lord. And so the question is, today is your personal faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. The one, the one that you believe in who has saved you from the consequences of your sins and the one who is Lord of your life, in a sense, the boss of your life, the, the CEO of your life, the manager of your life, the one that is in charge, so that you say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I surrender all to you. My life is in your hands. Amen? Have faith in Jesus. But also, when we talk about pursuing faith, if you're making notes, it's point B. Have faith that the Lord, <clears throat> have faith that the Lord can meet your daily needs. Dr. Homer Kent in his book says, faith which is to be continually pursued is that sustaining faith for the various needs of life. It is the confidence which enables believers to trust God in everything. Will you and I trust God in all the situations that we face in life, in your life? Radio listeners, I invite you to trust in the Lord for the circumstances and issues that you face in your own life. A three-year-old child, a three-year-old child felt secure in his father's arms as dad stood in the middle of the pool. But dad, for fun, began walking slowly toward the deep end, gently chanting deeper and deeper and deeper as the water rose higher and higher on the child. The child's face registered increasing degrees, degrees of panic and he held all the more tightly to his father, who, of course, easily touched the bottom of the pool. 
Had the little boy been able to analyze his situation, he'd have realized that there was no reason for increased anxiety. The water's depth in any part of the pool was actually over the child's head. Even in the shallowest part, had he not been held up by his father, he'd have drowned. His safety anywhere in that pool depended on dad. My friends, at various points in our lives, all of us feel, sometimes, all of us feel like we're getting out of our depth. We're getting out of our depth, D-E-P-T-H. Problems abound, a job is sometimes lost, someone dies. Our temptation can be to panic, for we feel we've lost control. Yet, as with a child in the pool, the truth is we've never been in control over the most valuable things of life. We've always been held up. We've been held up by the grace of God our Father, and that does not change. God is never out of his depth. And therefore, we're as safe when we're going deeper as we have ever been. Why? Because our Heavenly Father is there to hold us up. Amen? Amen? Let it be so. Let it be so. And then, pursuing faith also needs to include this matter of have faith that is permanent. Point C. Dr. William Barclay says that this faith is the virtue of the person who, through all the chances and the changes of life, down to the gates of death, is loyal to God. Pursue your faith in such a way that you are loyal from when you are younger and older and older and, and towards the end of life, Pursue faith that is permanent, long-lasting, until we reach heaven. Until we reach heaven. Amen? Yes, and there's a little child there that's agreeing with what I just said. Bless that little life, Lord. Then verse 11 goes on and tells us, number four, pursue love. Pursue love. Let me say this, point A, about pursuing love. Have an understanding of how much God loves you and me. Have an understanding. Uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says this. How great, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Isn't that beautiful? Have an understanding. Get a grip of that. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4, it says, We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. And Romans 5, verse 8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So today, my friend, I want to invite you to just 
capture at least a little glimpse or an understanding of how much the Lord God who made everything loves you, loves you, your family, whoever you are, loves you here on the main level, loves you, friends up in the balcony, loves our radio and internet listeners. Get a grip of that, would you? But also, in this matter of pursuing love, point B, show, show love, show love. Jesus said in John, John 13, 34, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love one another. And, and in 1 Corinthians 13, we have these beautiful words. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 7. Love, love is patient and kind. Are you and I showing that kind of love? Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It all, it's always hopeful and endures, endures through every circumstance. Wow. That's the kind of love the Lord wants us to pursue. Let's do so. Amen. Well, verse 6, or our, our verse that we're focusing on, chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, verse 11, goes on and tells us to pursue perseverance. Perseverance. All right? So, now, some of your Bibles use the word patience, all right? Some of you are probably looking at your Bible and saying, well, my Bible says patience, but the, the Greek word, the Greek word is actually better translated perseverance as we understand perseverance today. Perseverance or endurance. Uh, Dr. William Barclay says endurance is unswerving constancy to faith and piety in spite of adversity and suffering. In the first century when our Bible was written in in. In Paul's time, in Timothy's time, there were regularly rulers, Roman rulers, who persecuted the Christians, who gave families, individuals, a terrible time, an agonizing time, and they had to persevere in their faith and persevere in life despite the persecution and sometimes, sometimes the, the deaths that had to be faced simply because they were Christians. My friends, today, in this day and age, there are many disappointments, problems, adversity, and suffering, and suffering that you are going through or will go through, that will go through, but my friends, don't let it, don't let it bury you. Don't let it bury you. Persevere. Persevere. 
Then there are other times when you and I need to persevere in, in a relationship, persevere at work, or in unexpected situations. Unexpected situations. Listen to this. On a commuter flight from Portland, Maine to Boston, Henry Dempsey, the pilot, heard an unusual noise near the rear of the small aircraft. He turned the controls over to his co-pilot and went back to check it out to see what the problem was. As he reached the tail section of the plane, the plane hit an air pocket and uh, Captain Dempsey was tossed. He was tossed against the rear door. He quickly discovered the source of the mysterious noise. The rear, door had been proper, the rear door had not been properly latched prior to takeoff, and it flew open. He was instantly sucked out of the jet. The co-pilot, seeing the red light that indicated an open door, radioed the nearest airport, requesting permission to make an emergency landing. He reported that the pilot had fallen out of the plane and he requested, he requested a helicopter search of that area of the ocean. After the plane landed, they found Captain Henry Dempsey holding, holding onto the outdoor ladder of the aircraft. Somehow, he had caught the ladder, held on for 10 minutes as the plane flew 200 miles per hour at an altitude of 4,000 feet. And then, at landing, he kept his head from hitting the runway, which was only 12 inches away. It took airport personnel several minutes to pry, to pry open Dempsey's fingers from the ladder. My friends, things in life may be turbulent, and you may not feel like holding on sometimes. Sometimes you may not feel like holding on. But think about it. Have you considered the alternative? And then our special verse, verse 11, tells us, to pursue gentleness. Pursue gentleness, verse 11. De gentleness, by definition, is a tender, compassionate approach towards others. That's what it is. In Matthew 11, verse 29, Jesus says, Jesus speaks these words. He says, I am humble and gentle at heart. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, we read, Always be humble and gentle. James 3, verse 17 says, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. Galatians 5, 23, The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness, gentleness. My friends, we live in a day and age when many people, many people think that it is necessary to push your way and, and to push your way up to the top, to step on people, step over people, to be forceful and whatever. And God, God, however, says, practice 
What? Gentleness. Practice gentleness. My friends, pursue gentleness, which is a tender, compassionate approach towards others. Next time you feel like giving someone a piece of your mind, pursue gentleness. If there's ever a time you want to explode towards a family member, a friend, a stranger, remember, God says, what? Pursue gentleness. Let's pray. Dear Lord, help each of us to become a man or a woman of God, to truly be a man or woman of God. Help us, Lord, to live out these truths that we discover from this beautiful verse in this part of your Holy Bible. Assist each of us, O oh God, to become the person you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.